Welcome to Stephen Explains the News. This week, we're going to school. I mean, even more than usual, we're going to school. We're going to learn about learning and how learning is funded by money and how it's all about the Benjamins, both in the classroom and... To... <laughs> all right, let's do it. Stephen Explains the News. It was, you're like, oh, that's where all the magnetic letters went. They all went under there and (laughs) Cheerios. Yeah. Yeah. It was everything. It was bad. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, I'm not a clean person. I just put things away. (laughs) Snip, snip. (laughs) Put that in the promo. (laughs) I really am not, though. I could go a long time without taking a shower and not blink once. I am not a clean, (laughs) not what you would call a clean person. I just like to put things away. Welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Fens and Newsies. We're, we're here. We're still here, here man. We are. we are scrapping, and we're fighting, and we're feeling good. Yes. And with me, as always, is Kayla. Kayla, how you doing? Here I am, ready for this week's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. not. All right. Well, how was, how was your week? No, it was great. It was fine. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think there's any big news that happened in the world um, that maybe you wouldn't know about. Chloe <laughs> you- Kardashian had her baby. Oh, okay. All right. I, she was pregnant? Yes. She's the- It was a big scandal. Hold on. Hold on. She's the oldest. I don't know. Okay. No, Kim right. is, I think. Courtney. I don't know. I actually- I'm telling you this, but I don't even really know. <laughs> oh wait, all that. Co- Courtney, she must be the oldest. Courtney, I think, is the oldest. All right, who, who, who's had a baby? Chloe. Chloe. All right. I think they all have had babies except for one. There's one that's a Jenner. Yeah, like one a, of the Jenner girls has a couple not. of Jenners. Yeah, Kylie right. or Kendall, I can't remember. Right. Anyways, way to bring half a thing. But here's well, oh, wait, but here's her name. Okay, yeah. This is what I really want to talk about. Good, good. Her name is well, and here's the thing. A big scandal just broke as she was like in labor or she went into labor that day, whatever. Something about like that day, then the next day, Chloe went in. Um, Tristan Thompson, who's some type of athletic person, uh, it, it came out that he had an affair or whatever. He'd been cheating on her or something. And that's her husband. Yeah. Or the boyfriend. Baby, baby so, yeah, daddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So anyways, that happens. Then she has a baby. And it's like a little while, girl. While some, she's in labor. Yeah, something to that degree. Comes out that sure. baby daddy's having an affair. Yeah, or oh, did okay. something, but they, they're going to stay together. <laughs> you don't even know the story. <laughs> no, because this is All right, minor. Do the, do the thing you okay, want to do. Okay, her name is True Thompson. True Thompson. What do you think about that? Is it, okay, is true. it T-R-U? T-R-U-E. T-R-U-E. Yeah, true. I think so. <sighs> true dat. <laughs> what do you think of names that... Or... I will say, not a big fan. Okay. I went totally traditional. Yeah, you did. My children's names are all like, you would say, that's a name. Yeah. Right? You And that was my choice. Yeah. Part of it is like growing up in school, substitute teacher, pronouncing your name, that, right. that kind of a thing. Right. Like, let's, right. Just, let's just give them a basically... Yeah. We, we didn't go top of the you know nobody's name like what is it sophia or olivia or like oh, the number olivia. one name right those yes. were the number one names yeah. when, when our we were having kids we did, we went down the list mm-hmm. but we were still on the list mm-hmm. but names gotta come from somewhere yeah right like in yeah. theory yeah i should be open to that but sometimes it's just annoying yeah. like when a kid is named like something really just you're just like that's a dumb name. Or like, oh, your parents didn't love you. <laughs> <laughs> they don't love you. 
It's fine. So I'm a big fan of like names that are names. Yeah. But then, yeah. Okay, well, anyway, Stephen, how was your day? It was good. Okay. All right. Tell me. I dropped the kids off at school. Okay. But I didn't get a chance to eat breakfast. So I'm out today before we record. We're recording today at like noon, middle of the day. So I'm like, okay, I got to go eat something. Mm -hmm. So I go to like diner, little local diner place. And I'm looking at the menu and I'm like, okay, I got to, let's, let's be good though. I, okay, I'm at a diner, but like, okay, I'm not going to get like a big stack of pancakes with syrup and stuff. I'm just get just some eggs, you know. But then I order. Oh, no. Biscuits and gravy with like full sausages and oh. eggs and hash browns. That sounds so good. It was fine. Like oh. it, the biscuits and gravy were like, you have to go to a place that yeah. does that to get yeah, good ones. Right. So they were like, fine. But you know what? I ate all of them. Sure. The whole thing, all of it. <laughs> of course I did. And now I am um, in so much pain. Yeah. I'm hurt. And I think this, it's like when you get into your 30s, you can't just eat whatever you want anymore. I know. This is the scared. saddest thing. I'm so scared. It's, it's sad on one hand because like, yes, I would love to just eat a giant plate of biscuits and gravy like whenever. Right. At four in the morning, like I used to after a night of getting tanked up. <laughs> like whatever, right? Sure. And you don't even feel it. You no. wake up the next day and you're like, do-do-do-do. Now I can, there's no way I could ever do that. Mm-mm. But on the other hand, it's kind of nice because it reminds you that you're going to die. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and like, I think you need that, you need that reminder. Like you need, <laughs> you need your body to say like, hey, you could have a massive coronary. Oh, like no. at any moment. <laughs> your time is limited. Like this is, you only have so much time. <laughs> Yes, you are right. Steven. So it's not. It's a good reminder. Yeah. All of the grease running through my system yeah. right now that this too shall pass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. To the news. Tell me what's going on in the news today. 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 Okay. Big headline. Let's start with the headline and then we'll backpedal. Great. Big headline is teacher strikes. Oh. All across the country. So, yes, I know that more stuff in the Russia scandal has happened. It's fine. Yes. Secretary of State, who's not the real Secretary of State, met with North Korea this week. What? Yeah. So no, Paul Ryan. Uh, Paul Ryan, Secretary of State? No, he's the Speaker of the House. Uh, uh, he's too in many S's. <laughs> <laughs> so the old Secretary of State, Tillerson, got fired. Okay. The new guy isn't confirmed yet. Oh. And that new guy that's not confirmed yet went and met with no, North Korea. No, that's not your job. It's not. Right. All that is bad and it's not how the system works. We're, but okay, fine. We're not going to talk about that yet. Okay. Today, we're talking about teacher strikes. Okay. I can't. This sounds actually really interesting to me. We'll see how it goes. West Virginia, Oklahoma, uh, Kansas, Colorado, Arizona. uh, No, sorry, not Kansas, Kentucky. All of them have been having teacher strikes in the last few months. Okay. What's the deal? Why are there so many teacher strikes happening? Especially same thing thing that they're striking about, or uh, basically wages. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Sure. Wages and conditions, basic sort of bread and butter unionism type stuff. Okay. But like, what's the similarity? West Virginia, Oklahoma, Kansas. Arizona, Colorado, not as much. Total red states, oh. right? Red state America, teachers are striking in red state America for wages and conditions. Interesting. All right, so let's go back a little bit. 
and we're going to talk about education funding generally. Absolutely. Like how do how do schools get funding? Mm-hmm. First of all, let's just put this out of the way. Mm-hmm. Private schools. Okay. Okay. Private schools are not funded by the state. Like zero. Like zero. Okay. There's some like proposals to give people vouchers mm-hmm. that they could spend wherever they want. And they could take those education vouchers and spend them at private schools if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. But that's not really, it's not widespread. Mm-hmm. It's not off the ground. And it just sort of gets floated, especially by conservatives. Mm-hmm. Conservatives love this idea mm-hmm. that then people can like spend their money wherever they want to. Mm-hmm. But the, the vouchers don't really co- cover the cost of private schools and the amount that the people would have to make up is no way that people, you know, poorer people could possibly make that up so it's not really a system Mm -hmm. okay so private schools not really that would be the only way to really fund private schools with public money is these vouchers so there's three types of school right charter public and private right is charter kind of the same as like is it lumped into the same thing as private public oh it's lumped in the same thing as public but gets certain funding differently it has. Why don't you tell, why don't you do your job and tell me what you're doing? It's fine. So, I'm sorry. I'm trying. No, I I didn't really cover charter schools. Oh, exactly. it's just pu- pu- public and private. Yeah, well, I mean, because okay. charter schools basically get their funding the same way as public any other public school. Okay. Basically, mm-hmm. but some of the oversight is different. Okay. Let's just start with private schools. They do have some regulation. The state and local oversight about accreditation is there, but it's it's pretty minimal. Mm-hmm. Schools have to prove they're teaching math and English and students have to pass the statewide exam and to get a diploma. And that's about it. Whatever other like ideological, political, theological, philosophical, whatever is like game on. Go mm-hmm. ahead. They get all their money from tuition and foundations. Mm-hmm. Okay. Public schools are funded by state and local taxes and the federal government. Okay. Great. The federal government, though, doesn't establish or run schools. So even though we have a Department of Education, their mission statement is they establish policies about financing and aid for education and monitoring funds. They do a bunch of research and they uh, prohibit discrimination and ensure equal access to education. Like that's their whole job. So they don't run schools. They don't, we don't have a national education system, Mm -hmm. okay? So the Department of Education gives out money and does a bunch of statistics and promotes things. There's two ways that it, that the Department of Education tries to achieve this, which is through money, giving people money, and setting up standards. Mm-hmm. But the way they enforce the standards is threatening to take away the money. So there's really one way that the Department of Education tries to achieve this, and that's money. Right. Right? There's, we're going to give you extra funding or we're going to give you, and if you don't do the mm-hmm. stuff that we say, then we're going to take away the funding. Sure. That's the that's really the only carrot and stick that they have. Far and away, the most money that comes out of the Department of Education is Pell Grants mm-hmm. for college. That is the single biggest thing that the Department of Education spends their money on. Loans to students of need to go to college. But the second biggest thing is primary and secondary education. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we're, we're not talking about college today. So when we talk about public schools, we're talking about K through 12. That's what I was assuming. Public school education is like this Russian nesting doll of cash with a bunch of strings attached Hmm. at each level Mm -hmm. of cash. Every state is different. So there's 50 different ways that those cash and strings get laid out. But there's a couple of big, we can talk in big strokes here. Generally, 10% of the money comes from the federal government. 40% comes from state funding and 50% comes from local. That's how the, the money that runs your school 
That's basically how it comes out. So even though the Department of Ed spends like billions of dollars on primary education, it really only winds up being like 10% of anybody's budget. Hmm. So it's relatively small. Yeah. But what happens each of these levels is that the money giver also wants to have checks and balances to make sure that their money is effective. Sure. So they they have like standards and right, stuff. Right. So stuff like Common Core or mm-hmm. statewide standards mm-hmm. or things like that are all get implemented to say, you school, we need to check to see what you're doing with our money and we want to double check and make sure that it's being effective. Or we got an idea mm-hmm. as to how to best educate everybody. Mm-hmm. And so if you want our money, you have to do this, mm-hmm. right? It's kind of both ways. Sure. But, but. I have a question. Yeah, yeah. Do you think it should be the like with the funding almost the opposite way around? Like only 10% should actually be local. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I forget what the middle one was. State. State should be a little bit more. And then actually the majority of it should be federal. Okay. Well, this is the this is the push pull. Mm-hmm. Because you have this system that's developed of the, each person giving the money wants to check up how their money's being spent. Yeah. You have this system of high stakes tests. Yeah. Where once a year, twice a year, right. a few times in the, You're you know, to the test. third grade, fourth grade, eighth grade, whatever it is, they've got to take these huge tests mm-hmm. that then assess mm-hmm. how the money's being spent, mm-hmm. which are super stressful for yeah. administrators and yes. teachers and the students. Yes. And the other thing that's arisen out of this is a testing industry, which I only really kind of got my head around as I was doing the research Mm -hmm. this week. There's these private companies that make their money by providing testing materials and then the statistics back to whoever wants it, the state or the federal government. And so they've created these lobbying firms where they lobby for Congress to remain pro-testing procedures, mm-hmm. right? So, hey, federal government, you need these tests and you need to keep doing these tests. Mm-hmm. So they lobby Congress to remain pro-test. So, and by the way, one other thing that I discovered mm-hmm. is there is a movement that is advocating to opt out of the tests. Really? Which you have the, the right to. Hmm. Like you aren't, you don't necessarily require. Mm-hmm. So there's, th- it's not a huge movement. Right. Uh, according to their own numbers, 600,000 people opted out in 2015. Yeah. That's, that's still. It's not nothing, no, but it's, it's like it, overall secondary school education. Right. That's like a total drop right. in the bucket. But anyways, it's it just interesting to come across this like, mm-hmm. don't, don't, um, you know, we need to send a message that these tests are like overly cumbersome and they're stressful right. and they don't really, do, they aren't the kind of education we want to promote. Sure. So opt out. So there's all a movement. Okay, so what if we do your idea? What if 90% or 50% comes from federal and mm-hmm. the other, everything's reversed? Well, because local, I think, that then really limits. Of course, when you're in a richer area, there's it's of course going to be evident that it's going to have more money. Right, because one of the biggest uh, areas of local taxes is property taxes. Yeah. Right, that's one of the, I mean, there's a little bit with sales tax and a little bit other sure. things. They can pass bond measures or something. Sure. But usually it's property tax. Yeah. And so if you're, you're in a place where the property is more expensive, you have more property taxes. And you also probably have two parents at home who are making sure that you are doing your homework and that you're studying right. and that maybe one of them isn't working so that they can be in your classroom. Right, or right? Money, money for tutors. Yes, right. and books, and you can have a laptop right. and an iPad, whatever you need, right. versus maybe a lower income area where maybe both parents work or maybe it's a single parent. Or you don't even have your own room to, to study. To study in. Or you're, yeah, just... Yeah. 
There's so no, there's no money for musical instruments, yes. so they can't have a band yes. because there's who could buy the musical instruments, right? And or also like maybe education isn't as valued because it's like you you just have to start working, right? There's a system of underperformance Abs- yes. as well, yeah, cycle of underperformance, yeah, yes. So this is my response to that. We haven't really answered your question, yeah. But my, my only thing is, as long as all these strings are attached, yeah, it's never right? going to happen, yeah. Well, no, then it's it's like who who controls the education, right? It's it's one thing if it's like, if we really think education is a product, right? Okay. Like we're getting philosophical here. Okay. Like what is and what is the point of education? Okay. A lot of people treat education as a, like any other consumer product. Yes. And then high, high centralization is fine, right? If, sure. if we're making rubber ducks, right? Mm-hmm. Rubber bathroom ducks. Right. Do, do we need to have each of the little factories have their own control as to like, how the ducks are made? No, we could be totally highly centralized mm-hmm. because we want uniformity across all the rubber ducks that are made, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's fine. But if if our product is knowledge mm-hmm. in the mind of a person mm-hmm. or humanity or is our product good citizenship or like, you know what I mean? Then like having high centralization means that I don't see how we can have highly centralized education mm-hmm. in a way that's responsive to local right. needs. Right. Maybe that's possible, hmm. but it would be way smarter than it is right now. Mm-hmm. Right now, we have this dual, mm-hmm. dual track mm-hmm. where there's high centralization in terms of expectation mm-hmm. and money, mm-hmm. but all the pressure to actually make it happen is local. Yeah. So the school districts are the ones that have to do all the stuff mm-hmm. that all the strings are attached to. Sure. They're the, they're, they're the, I guess, the puppets. Yeah. Right? They're the puppets that have to dance to get the money. But then also I do think, I mean, I, I kind of feel like I see both sides a little bit. Okay. Because one, I do think, I'm not someone that's like a huge test component person, but at the same time, there probably has to be some type of standard to see that you are actually doing something. Like, I, I don't know where the... I don't know what the actual win-win is because it feels like it has to be so mass. And I think right. anytime anything is really mass, then it becomes, um, what am I thinking of? Like anarchy? Uh, like you, too much freedom is anarchic? No, like I'm just saying like when you're trying to do so much testing, so many big things, oh, okay. it's like diluted. Okay. Things become a little bit more diluted. It feels like, I don't know. Do you know? Do you see what I'm saying? No. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going and not, maybe I can think through it a little bit more later. Okay. I, I just, one more time, I want to walk down this road okay. of this local federal control, okay. but not from a uh, money side. We're just going to walk it down one more time, but from just access. Okay. Okay. So first, education was entirely local, like dependent on local community schools to choose curriculum, fund it with tax dollars and allow students. Right. The Puritans in New England started mm-hmm. public education mm-hmm. in America in the 1600s. That's where the first public schools were. Mm-hmm. But guess what? I mean, they were Puritans. Mm-hmm. So they were teaching purely puritanical textbooks and guess who was allowed to the school, right? They, mm-hmm. they weren't they weren't teaching to the Wampanoag, sure. right? I bet there's an example of them teaching to a Wampanoag somewhere. So go ahead and email that to stephen.explains at gmail.com. Okay. But then it was really by the second half of the 1800s, states began to take on a more active role in creating a system, statewide system, which then really explodes with social reforms in the early 1900s, what's known as the progressive era, Mm -hmm. right? Social reforms. Hey, maybe we should have labor laws. Mm -hmm. Maybe we shouldn't grind up the poor to make sausages out of them, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe the poor should learn to read and write before they get black long in the mines. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, so all of that happens in the 1900s where you know beginning 
aiming to have more statewide of purely public education mm -hmm. run by the states, but you still have multiple tracks of public education mm -hmm. because of the factor of local taxes. Mm -hmm. They're still built around the localities within the state. Mm -hmm. So, and this is nowhere more evident than in the South mm -hmm. with enforced segregation, Yeah. right? So you have the white kids in the white school, black kids in the black school, which is totally legal because this is a little bit of constitutional history. You ready? Mm -hmm. Plessy v. Ferguson. Mm -hmm. Separate but equal, A-okay. Totally fine. It, you know what? And I think it, everybody's going to feel more comfortable if people, if they just are people that are like them. Uh -huh. Wink. Um, then... Then everything changes in the 50, 50s and the 60s. Mm -hmm. Brown v. Board of Education says separate equal, no good. Mm -hmm. Civil rights movement says we need more equitable access to schools. We cannot have these two tracks where totally pri totally local funding creates two tracks of supposedly public education mm -hmm. where some schools don't even have books. And some schools have the best public mm -hmm. education you could have possibly imagined. So now that those... All of that right there, by the mm -hmm. time we get to the 60s, 70s, into the 80s, you have this system of oversight at the federal level mm -hmm. that says we need to enforce equity. equity. Mm -hmm. And the statewide systems, which were created over the course of the 1900s, and the local control, which is historic. Mm -hmm. Okay, This is why we have this mishmash mm -hmm. of control and forces sure. in the United States. So what's the deal with the current strikes? Are you ready for that? Yeah. I'm assuming, can I just, can I guess? Yeah. Teachers are working too hard. They're not getting paid enough and they're not getting the resources that they actually need to successfully do their job. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Which the, is absolutely baffling the, to the, me. The two, the two main factors really are wages. Yes. Teachers just aren't getting paid. Right. Uh, or wages have stagnated for mm -hmm. teachers or even maybe declined relatively mm -hmm. and funding for the school generally. Mm -hmm. Yep. And there's, there's three main I think things we can get our hands around mm -hmm. with the with why are these strikes happening now? Why now? I mean, teachers, yeah, that's true. Teachers haven't been paid that well, kind of ever. Yeah, I mean, the fifties and the sixties were sort of they were on par with right. most other professions, but really, in the last 20, 30 years, teachers haven't been paid as much as most other professions. Mm -hmm. Okay, first one is two sides have formed. There's this really good summary I found on education from PBS education correspondent Sarah Jaffe, so all credit to her. Mm -hmm. In the last 10 to 15 years, you've seen two trends. Increasing teacher union militancy. So better recruiting, better organizing, better lobbying by teacher unions. That's good. And you've seen more state control by conservative governments who are slashing budgets, including education. Scott Walker in Wisconsin did this in 2010. Uh, Kansas Governor Sam Brownback was another huge one in 2010. These are just sort of the marquee ones, but there's lots of other examples. But those two guys are like the, the model for slashing state budgets, and they, including education. So this reduction in education funding was also especially due to the 2008 recession. So when the recession happens, a lot of state funding for everything goes down, mm -hmm. but including education. But a lot of states haven't gone back to their pre-2008 levels mm -hmm. even now. Okay, number two, state control of education. Yeah. Okay, that is another big factor. But also many of these states also control teacher salary. Mm. So some of the states, the teacher salary is set at the district level. But a lot of the states where these people are striking, the teacher salary is set by the state legislature. So the only people they can appeal to is the state legislature. So that's why these people are going. So these increasingly militant union groups, there's reason one, mm -hmm. are facing off against these budget slashing mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. states. And really the only recourse is to go petition to the state directly right. because they're the ones that control their salary. So that's where they're going. Mm-hmm. And then the third one is West Virginia, which is kind of where this recent uh, wave kicked off, proved it could be done. Mm-hmm. So West Virginia teachers struck for nine days. They had all this grassroots support, wow. community support to go. They were at the state legislature and they won concessions in terms of teacher salary. Yeah. All of the like person on the street interviews with the striking teachers mm-hmm. for all the other ones. Mm-hmm. Now there's Oklahoma. Yep. Now there's Kentucky. Now there's Arizona. Now there's Colorado. Almost every single one of them in, in the articles that I've read cite West Virginia mm-hmm. as like inspiring them. Yeah. They say, look, they could do it in West Virginia. That means we can do it too. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go and r- go out to the street and try and make this happen. So that explains where we are right now. Mm-hmm. Right at this minute, there have been concessions or uh, the the teachers have won, mm-hmm. essentially, Wow! in uh, West Virginia, like I mentioned, also Oklahoma, okay. and one other place. Do you think... Kentucky. Do you think that maybe <coughs> the state just didn't, not that they didn't care or didn't know, like, not that it was just, like, ignorant, but it wasn't until that it was actually brought into their attention that it was that bad? I don't know, like... I'm just trying to hope for the best of humanity that they don't suck that bad that they'd realize, oh, we want to really jip our teachers. Yeah. I Does think, that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think that part of it is philosophical. Okay. I, I think many of these, especially conservative-controlled legislatures with a conservative governor, they have a philosophy against social services. Hmm. So that means they don't really believe in things like um, welfare or uh-huh. food stamps sure. or but that also like if you really play out the full extent of that thinking mm-hmm. includes things like public education mm-hmm. so you see the way they talk about public education as kind of yet another entitlement mm-hmm. like like social security or medicaid mm-hmm. right it's not something that's like a fundamental right exactly mm-hmm. or it's not something that is um a duty of the state to provide mm-hmm. It's something that's a service the state provides, but it's not, they don't have to do it. And in fact, there's nothing really in the Constitution that says the states have to provide public education. Mm. All of the states have said they're going to, and then the Constitution says, if you're going to, it has to be fair and equitable, and you have to do it the right way if you're going to. But in theory, a state could just say, we are no longer in the business of public education. Really? Like, theoretically, yes. Wow. I don't believe that that would happen, but theoretically. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I bet that would cause, like, a. I bet they would get sued by the ACLU. Yeah. We'll see if, like, yeah. it's never going to happen, right. so it's fine. No. But, I, but that rhetoric, I mean, if you mm. look at the uh, Department of Education, per, current Secretary of Department of Education, mm. Betsy DeVos, mm-hmm. the way she talks about public education is not really as, like, a personal right. Like people have a right to education. Mm. It's it's something that, uh, and in fact, if you look at the way she talks about the public schools, it's very much like this is a place, this is a failed institution and a failed attempt. Mm. And we should just abandon them. Oh, okay. And let people go to wherever they want, including homeschooling and private schools. Yeah. This, we should just encourage that because public schools have failed. Mm. This is someone who is, who is overseeing the oversight uh, wow. of public schools, sort of saying, yeah. well, we tried, <laughs> right? <laughs> And I, I, you really get that sense from these people that are slashing budgets yeah. that like they get the feeling that, well, this is a, an entitlement that isn't really working out. So we should just 
just give up and let the private sector do it. Hmm. So they don't have any... It's a, it's about a control thing. Well, they don't have any Private's sort of ideological controlled. mandate to save it. Right. That's what I'm saying. Right. That's not a huge... I'm not, I don't want to say all con- Republicans are like that. No, 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 no. I don't think... I would not but, think that. But there's like a certain sector, like especially the Sam Brownbacks and the Scott Walkers of Wisconsin, right? Mm-hmm. Who are saying like, get rid of all of social services. They, you can see it in their budget. Right? Like slash everything that we possibly can in terms of social services mm-hmm. because that's not really the job of the state, okay. including education. I got it. Right. So I think that's the other thing at play here is like, what is the point and why do we educate? And should everyone get an education? Is that a fundamental human right or not? Full disclosure, you and I both work in education. <laughs> we probably should have said this in the beginning. I mean, I think you and I have a pro-education bent here. Absolutely. We, we both, you well, know. Well, and we have people that, friends that are also teachers yeah well and you and i both are currently employed in the field of education yes yes, yes. we both have master's degrees yes. we are like we believe in education well, as a absolutely. way of, of bettering our lives yes. and of bettering humanity's yes. lives okay so that full we're on that side of the debate there you go i should put that at the beginning but i just don't understand how anybody would be on the opposite side right right okay think about this Public education as like a fundamental human right has really only existed for the last 100 years, maybe 150 years. Before that, education was the privilege of those that could afford it. Absolutely. You know, education as private education has existed since Aristotle tutored Alexander the Great. Yes, yes. Right? Absolutely. Public education as a fundamental thing that the government is responsible for helping provide has only existed for maybe 100, 150 years. Mm Is a relatively not, new thing. Yeah. So if your classical political philosophy goes back to like Adam Smith or John Locke in the 1700s, then you can see why it would preclude those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm trying to give them a... No, it's fine. I don't know. I do think that I, I see where people would be coming from of like it's controlled, right? Yes. Like if, if it goes back to that way of the privileged being able privileged or the edu- educated mm-hmm. it, that's very controlled that's a very black and white system right like right. two-tiered yes the, uh, the the poor get no education or worse education right and the rich get the best education yes yes then the, if you- it's, it's very clear it's a clear-cut system mm-hmm. which does like i just think our society is going more gray obviously which people don't like the uncom- like they just don't like to be uncomfortable with that that's like an uncomfortable feeling you know what I'm saying? They like to talk the talk of personal equity. Yeah. But they actually are still invested in education as a function of inequity. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying? Mm. This has been a... I just want to have a conversation and I feel like I'm not really articulating myself very well at the moment. Sorry. I, I just think schools should get more money. Yes. All the And, I do, and here's the thing. I also think 10-year things, there needs to be a little bit more they need to tighten up a little bit more too there should be there are teachers that are teaching that probably should not be teaching just as much oh like accountability for teachers absolutely yeah yeah yeah. i'm just as hardcore about that right i think that this is this is the problem when you turn education to an institution okay Uh, that's really my final assessment okay education is just living life Hmm. right like really Hmm. learning yeah is just living that's good right yeah so when you institutionalize the process of education, you're gonna run into these problems. Yeah. Like imagine, like we would all just love to play basketball for the love of the game, right? Right. And that would be great. And Mm -hmm. you would just have 
you would learn how to play basketball, you would get better at it, mm-hmm. you'd be competitive, you would live a life of playing the sport, right? But when you turn it into an institution, mm-hmm. you know, with sponsors, with people invested in it being played a certain way, right. with competitiveness, with all of these things, then it turns into the NBA. Yep. And it turns into this thing that is not really for the love of the game, Mm-mm. right? Mm-hmm. And is not just about playing mm-hmm. basketball for the beauty of it. Yeah. It's playing it for competitiveness or two-tiered systems or multi-tiered yep. systems where you have the college feeding into them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So... Yes, it would be great if we were had completely deinstitutionalized education and people just l- learned as they lived mm-hmm. because they wanted to learn. Not everyone wants to learn, though. Yeah, those people are idiots. All right, email the show, stephen.explains at gmail.com. Let me know all of the, just what's on your mind grapes. That's what I want to know. Mind grapes. <laughs> and... Uh, you can stream the show at Spotify or SoundCloud. I don't know if I'm on Spotify. <laughs> Look for us there. I just came out of my mouth. But I know we're on SoundCloud and iTunes. And Stitcher. And Stitcher. So find us there and find the blog, stephenexplainsthenews.blogspot.com, where I post links to all the research that I do. And you can go and follow up and double check my work. Kayla, you are super smart. And thank you, Steven. You are going to have your best day today. I appreciate that. Only gets worse from here. Thanks for teaching me. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Uh, I'm not I'm not a clean person.